Hi, this is Matt Wallace, lead pastor at Holy Cross Lake Mary, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us, and I pray this message inspires you and helps build your faith. To learn more about Holy Cross, visit hclm.org. Enjoy the message. All right, our sermon text for this morning comes to us from uh, Paul's letter to the Romans uh, in chapter 15, verses 4 through 13. It says, Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again, it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the people extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles have hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. This is the word of the Lord. <clears throat> All right, we're continuing uh, with our series, our uh, Advent slash Christmas series called Saving Christmas, where uh, we learned last week that Christmas itself does not need saving. Christmas does the saving. And so every week we're going to be looking at a different thing that Christmas saves and or saves us from. And today... Uh, we are looking at how Christmas saves us from division and disunity and instead brings harmony. And so we're going to be jumping around uh, not just the text I just read you from chapter 15, but some stuff from chapter 14 too. Uh, we haven't put the Bibles back out yet. We probably will soon. Uh, but in the meantime, if you want to pull that up on your phone or whatever, we'll be referring back to it uh, a couple different times. But before we really start to dig in, Let's do what we always do, uh, which is ask an opening question. Uh, so now we all just came through Thanksgiving. I'm sure a lot of you had uh, family get-togethers for Thanksgiving. People came over to your house or you went to someone else's house. We're coming up on Christmas. Going to do the same. Uh, I think most of us have learned that there are some things you do not want to bring up with certain family members when you are gathered together, some topics that you want to avoid. Now, my question for you this morning is not what are those topics. I think we all know what those topics are. The question is more this, why do you not want to bring them up? Like, what is it that you are afraid will happen if you do? What do you think the end result would be if you brought those things up that makes you want to avoid bringing them up? Why do we feel the need to avoid certain topics when we get together with our friends and family for the holidays? You can text your answer to 407-842-8884, or if you're on the live chat, 
uh, you can drop your answer there. And so while we are waiting uh, for some of those answers to come through, we're going to continue. I think, you know, one thing we uh, can acknowledge is that there are a lot of things that seem to divide us nowadays. Now, I will backtrack a little bit to say this. I sometimes hear people say this, and I always kind of like to joke about it a little bit. People will say, as a nation, we have never been more divided than we are today. Have you ever heard anyone say that to you? I mean, we're pretty divided, but I would like to remind you all that we once fought an actual civil war. So uh, I would say we are not as divided, the most divided we have ever been as a country. That said, though, these are pretty divisive times, man. There are a lot of things that seem to divide us, politics, uh, race, economics, social issues, all kinds of things. It seems like uh, everyone has an opinion, right? Well, that's always been the case. Everyone has an opinion. But now it seems that everyone's opinion are so strongly held and seems so important to us that we are willing to, like every hill is a hill we're willing to die on when it comes to our opinion. That we, are, we will fight to the bitter end, and anyone that does not share our opinion on a given subject, whether it be politics or religion or something else, immediately becomes our enemy. We are on, we cannot be on the same team with that person if they don't hold all the same opinions we do. It's become very, very black and white. It's become like an all or nothing mentality when it comes to these things. And that divides us. We can't, it just seems like we can't just have civil disagreement anymore. But if someone doesn't agree with us, they are our enemy, they're trying to destroy us, and you can't have a civil discourse with someone that you think is doing that. Uh, Pastor Chris, did we get some answers? Oh, yeah. Oh, we yeah. Got we got some answers on this one. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about my voice. I was yelling at a really bad Iowa Hawkeye football team last night. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, here is the point. Uh, some of the answers are just fantastic. Some people uh, can't discuss their differences in a non-hostile way, just like you were saying. Uh, yeah. Some people make you feel stupid or less than for having different perspectives or views. And I like this one, too, because uh, no one changes their mind. And, uh, you know, when you get together for Thanksgiving and Christmas, you're getting together and, you know, to, for peace and celebration. And this person, uh, I'm not sure who it was, but they said, no matter what my opinion is, it's, it, the only thing it's going to do is create chaos, and it's not going to change anybody's mind. Yeah, you're not going to come to any understanding or agreement. You're just going to realize, yeah, yep, we, we disagree, yeah. you know? Yeah, conflict, uh, disagreement at such a happy time. Um, Renee says, I don't want to start World War II. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody. That's kind of the big ones, though. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And afraid, uh, here's one, uh, final one. 
And this is afraid that things would be said or done that can't be taken back. Uh, and it yeah. would actually change the course of the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and ultimately not change anything. Yeah, yeah. It could damage a relationship. And, and is it worth it to talk about those things sometimes? Yeah. I do like that we had at 8 o'clock someone uh, said uh, to kind of save the holiday for the children. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's uh, right. Yeah. right. Won't someone think of the children? Yeah. Right? Isaac yeah. said, I, we, we, the only reason we don't talk about politics is to shield the kids. Right. That's yeah, it. to protect yeah, exactly. them. Uh, so, it's really easy, uh, especially when we cast uh, division in light of something like politics, uh, it's, it's really easy to think that that's an out there problem. It's an outside in the world problem. But the truth of the matter is that that kind of division is also an in-here problem. Uh, it's also something that we wind up facing in the body of Christ itself. In fact, that is one of the things that the Apostle Paul is addressing in chapters 14 and 15 of Romans, which is what we are looking at today. They had an issue that was dividing the church. And do you know what that issue was? It's going to seem silly to us today. It's definitely not an issue for any of us. But for them, it was deadly serious. And the issue was whether or not you had to follow the dietary restrictions of the Old Testament. The Old Testament set out dietary restrictions for God's people, like you couldn't eat pork is one of them, right? And even the stuff you did eat had to be prepared in a very certain and very exact way way, or you could not eat it. And so there were these new Christians in Rome, and they were split on this issue. There were some people that thought, yes, we still have to obey those dietary restrictions. Uh, We still have to, you know, avoid eating certain things. And so especially when you lived in a place like Rome, Uh, where it was probably more difficult to get, I don't know if they use the word kosher, but I'm going to, it was more difficult to get like kosher meats and foods and stuff like that, they a lot of times ended up just eating vegetables because that was like the only thing they could safely eat without without violating these dietary restrictions. And so you had some people that were saying that, and then you had other people saying, that's ridiculous. We don't have to obey those laws anymore. Jesus, you know, did away with all of that. I mean, Jesus even said things like, it's not what goes into your body that makes you unclean. It's what comes out out, out of the heart that makes you clean or unclean. And so they had divided along these lines. And here's what the Apostle Paul says about it. In chapter 14, uh, he says this in verses 2 and 3. One person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. And what I find interesting about that is usually uh, you can tell by what Paul or other uh, writers in the Bible um, tell people to not do or to stop doing uh, is usually what they have been doing. Uh, And that's why Paul or whoever's writing has to step in and say, like, stop doing that. And so if we look at this that way, he's telling them uh, to stop despising one another and stop judging one another. So what had been happening was the people that felt like they could eat anything were looking down on just despising. That's a pretty strong word. Despising the people that kept these dietary restrictions. 
As if they were saying, like, oh, that's so dumb. How could anyone believe something that dumb? It's clearly you don't have to do it. That's ridiculous. Those people are stupid. And then the people that were following the dietary restrictions were passing judgment on the people that weren't. Oh, they're not, they're not holy like we are, guys. You know, we, we're the ones really doing what God wants us to do. We're still following the dietary restrictions. They're violating God's word by doing that. They're not as good as we are. This is what God's people were doing over an issue like that. And that might seem hard for us to imagine uh, because none of us really care about dietary restrictions like that today. But we do still have our little pet issues, though, do we not? We do have little things like this that can divide us. I don't want to get into something that's too serious, so I'll choose something that I think is valid, uh, but also hopefully is not going to offend anyone. Uh, and so for me, that's always like, uh, like TV and movies. So you have some Christians that, will, that think it's okay to watch an R-rated movie. Uh, because, you know, hey, we're, we're, it's part of our Christian freedom. Uh, you know, it's a, just a more complex adult uh, storyline, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's, it's okay. We, we're free to do that if we want. We can watch R-rated movies. It's not a big deal. And then you have other people that say, and, and there's a valid way of looking at it this way too, like saying like, hey, uh, you know, Scripture says we need to be careful about what we put in our brains, like what we consume, uh, you know, Scripture says we need to uh, be a good witness, you know, and, and not be involved in anything that looks like it could be sin. And so I don't think we should watch R-rated movies. We should only watch, like, G-rated movies or, you know, stuff that's on, like, pure flicks or whatever. That's a real issue. And you can talk about it or whatever, but the thing that often happens is sometimes we still fall into that temptation to judge one another over an issue like that, or to let that issue divide us. The person that watches R-rated movies might look at the other person that doesn't and be like, ah, oh, man, what a prude, you know? Like, they're, I can't believe that, you know, they, that's, they, they won't do that. It's, I mean, we're all grown adults. What's the big deal? You know, we, we're, we're not legalistic in our faith, right? We can do these things. It's okay. And then the other person might, you know, judge harshly the person that does. Oh, you can't believe you're watching that R-rated movie. That's a, there's sinful stuff in there. You shouldn't be watching it, you know? Stuff like that can divide us. And obviously, that's not a very serious issue. But there probably are some other things that we do take a little more serious. And that sometimes creep in and begin to divide us. This problem that Rome was having, see, the, the problem wasn't really about dietary restrictions. And the problem isn't really whether you do or do not watch R-rated movies. The problem is the division that it creates. That's not something that God wants. Again, in Romans 14, verse 10, Paul says, Why do you pass judgment on your brother, or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. The people in Rome were drawing up sides. They were drawing up teams based on whether you ate or did not eat. And sometimes we do the same thing, just over different issues, but it's the same kind of division. 
Second question for you guys today. Thinking of people with whom you disagree, and we all have that, right, over whatever issue it might be, political, theological, religious, doesn't matter. Just think of people that you disagree with. What can we do to be less judgmental of the people that we disagree with? What can we do to be less critical of the people that we disagree with? Uh, You can text your answers to 407-842-8884. Indeed, God does not want us to be divided as his people. In the text we just read today, it says this, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. God wants us to live in harmony with one another, not in division, not in disunity. And he encourages us to do this because that is the same harmony that we live with Jesus. Jesus has brought us into harmony with himself. Jesus has restored that relationship with him and wants us to live in restored relationships with one another. And he wants us to do it so that we can come together as his people and coming together as his people we can glorify him. For the Romans that Paul was writing to, this was going to mean two things. Uh, First of all, uh, he reminds them that these dietary restrictions and all the stuff for the Old Testament, if they're using an issue like that to divide themselves, to choose up sides, to choose up teams, they're using it wrong. Because that is not what it was meant for. He says this, Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Actually, those dietary restrictions and other laws like it were meant to bring God's people together, to make them special and different. And here Paul reminds them that that was supposed to bring them hope. And yet now they were using it to divide one another. But then the second thing he reminds them of is that in all things, in all things, they should put their brothers and sisters in Christ first. Their well-being ahead of an issue like this. He says, therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a brother. In other words, he's saying don't do anything. Don't make an issue out of anything that is going to prevent someone from coming to Jesus. Don't divide them. Don't bring that disunity. Pastor Chris, we got some answers. How yeah. can we disagree with people and not judge them? Yeah, well, our first one comes from Kyle Williams. He says, just simply unfollow them on Facebook. <clears throat> right, yeah. Very powerful button, just yeah. to unfollow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carolyn says, just love them. Uh, Erica says, uh, even though she admits this is easier said than done, 
uh, pray for a shift in perspective to see others and their views through God's eyes, and then pray for strength and humility to treat them as he would, yeah. uh, which is a great, great answer. Um, let's see. Uh, we had another one that, yes, we need to have empathy and, and, and we need to have active conversations, but it is harder when it's an issue that, for this person, that clearly goes against the Bible. Um, yeah. So that was one. And finally, um, let's see, Victoria says, I pray for them and myself so Christ can help me handle the difference in the right way. Yeah, that's a good one. It reminds me that Jesus uh, tells us to even pray for our enemies. Yeah, right. Now, someone that just disagrees with you over, say, a political policy isn't really your enemy, but even if they were, yeah. Christ still tells us to pray for our enemies. So how much more someone with whom we just have a disagreement? You know? Yeah. Um, Amen. Yeah. Um, there are, you know, I like the thing too about, right, there, there are some issues that you, you might want to take a stand on, you know. Uh, but there's a difference between that and then using those same things to divide. Well, and know? I think, like, the, the question that we asked at 8 o'clock was how can we um, essentially not be a jerk to somebody, but still hold to what we believe without yeah. shifting our beliefs yeah. to, you know. Yeah, what yeah. and I think a lot of that has to do, too, with uh, that idea of empathy and seeing other people's sides. I was listening to a guy speak once, and he was saying, you know, it seemed like before, and you don't want to look at the past with rose-colored glasses all the time, but he said it seemed like before I could, I could disagree with someone uh, over, a, a, like, some political policy, you know, and... Uh, and we could even strongly disagree, but we both recognized that we both wanted what was best for the country. We both wanted what was best for society. We just had different views about how to get there. And uh, I think that is something, that kind of empathy and understanding, uh, not always attributing the worst motives to someone uh, that disagrees with you. Um, but the truth of the matter is, it's not really about these issues. I mean, there's some definitely important theological issues. I'm more talking about other things. Um, you know, uh, your, your politics are your politics, you know. Uh, be whatever political affiliation you want to be. Uh, if, if you want to watch our rated movie, I mean, it's your choice. If you want to only watch, you know, Christian uh, movies and shows, that is your choice. Do it. If you, uh, here's an oldie but a goodie, uh, if you want to only worship at a traditional service, do that. If you want to worship at a contemporary service, do that. But what we need to stop doing is judging one another over those issues. What we need to stop doing is using those things to divide us and to tear down our brothers and sisters in Christ. What we need to stop doing is letting that make us feel like we are not on the same side as the other person. Because I'm here today to remind you that we are all on the same side. We are all on the same side. And that's the side of Jesus Christ. In Christmas, uh, the coming of Jesus brings us together in harmony. And it saves us from division and disunity. The Apostle Paul says, Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. We are to welcome one another as brothers and sisters, as being one with us. And we do that because of the way Jesus first welcomed us, restoring that relationship. 
And then he says, for I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. See, Christ came to serve, not to be served. Christmas itself is a story about him humbling himself enough to become a human being, putting others ahead of himself so that he could save us. And having that same mentality helps us to heal divisions and disunity. When we see ourselves not as always having to be right, not always having to win an argument, but being here to love and serve our neighbor. And then he says, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. Do you know what the greatest division ever was in human history? Maybe I'm overselling it. But it was a big one. Jews and Gentiles. And here we see that even that, which was such an important issue, particularly to the Jewish people, Jesus even heals that division and brings both together under him as one people. The truth is, when uh, Jesus comes into our life, when he uh, washes us clean and forgives our sins, he gives us a new identity as his people. And this becomes our primary identity, not anything else. This is why the Apostle Paul can say in Galatians, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. This is the unity and harmony that Jesus brings. This is the unity and harmony that Christmas means. And Jesus accomplished that for us the same way he wants us to do it, by loving and serving and being willing to put others ahead of ourselves. That's the message of Christmas that we should take with us into this season. Not bringing disunity and division, but bringing healing and unity and harmony through the same healing and unity and harmony Jesus has brought to us. And in his name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message and would like to learn more or contribute to Holy Cross, please visit hclm.org.